This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. I will say this about investing. Everything you do learn is cumulative. What I learned at 20 is Welcome to another episode of Equity Mates, a podcast that follows our journey of investing. Whether you're an absolute beginner or approaching Warren Buffett status, our aim is to help break down your barriers from beginning to dividend. My name is Bryce, and as always, I am joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How are you going? I'm very good, Bryce. Good to be here. Start of earnings season. We're getting some results come through. We're going to talk about that today. We've got some other things to talk about, but I think uh, earnings season is really front of mind for investors. So if you haven't been paying attention, we'll give you an update. We're going to give you a loose update of what's been going on around <laughs> the markets. Uh, uh, just a quick reminder though, Ren, before we do start that we are not experts, we are not financial professionals and we are not licensed. So we are here learning just like you and nothing on this podcast should be taken as advice. So do not take financial advice from a podcast. Yes. So, earnings season. Earnings season. And in our Google Doc, you've started with two words, vibe check. <laughs> so. <laughs> vibe check. Are you asking or are you telling? I'm asking. What's the, uh, So, we're seven days in or thereabouts, eight days into earnings season yeah. um, over in the States. Starting to have a trickle here in Australia as well. We've had JB Hi-Fi, one of the main ones coming. Yeah, out. JB Hi-Fi, uh, consumer discretionary, <laughs> record sales, record profits. Like, calm down. I know, I know. What's the, what's your vibe? I think for the last few months, I have been pretty calm about <laughs> the state of the economy. I think I've said a few times that if you turn the stock market off and you didn't look at the inflation number, the economic picture actually doesn't look too bad. Yeah. It is becoming a running joke in the office that I keep calling the bottom. Yes. <laughs> Every day. Um, <laughs> so going into earnings season, it just it just feels like the expectations are rock bottom. Yes. You know, companies are reporting terrible, like pretty weak results, but their share price is jumping mm. because expectations are so mm. low. And maybe that sets up sets us up for a bit of a surprise on the upside. You got to look beyond this earnings season, I guess. But look, my vibe right now is it feels like it's okay. Everything. Well, just like the the economic story, the, yeah. the state of these companies, the state of the consumer. We haven't seen the mass layoffs. We haven't seen the business bankruptcies. We have seen startup funding dry up a little bit, but mm. I think on the whole. Things feel okay. Mm. Participation rates at an all-time high. Unemployment rate at an all-time low. Job vacancies high. That's well, that's good economic science. Yeah. Well, for our global listeners, was it last week that um, our unemployment rate figures came out here in Australia and they were like 3.5% or something? A few weeks, yeah. A few, a few weeks, weeks ago, yeah. yeah. So pretty, uh, pretty astonishing figures. 
Um, yeah, I, I but, would. But that's not just an Australian story. No, that no. is a global story. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. why all these airports are chaos because people don't need to work in an airport anymore. Yeah. <laughs> chaos. <laughs> Sucked in if you're going to Europe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, you put it in. What's your vibe? My, my, um, I, I haven't been as positive as you, I don't think, but no, I don't think been. I've, I'm definitely not rock bottom, like, oh my God, we're, we're done vibe. You've been pretty, you've been chicken little adjacent. I've, right? Yeah, I've been, I've been probably more um, cautious uh, coming into earnings season, but um, I'm fast sensing that uh, you're right. The expectations were so low that uh, it feels like um, some of these companies, a, a number of companies, despite weaker results, we'll, we'll be beating expectation. We were going to talk about this later, but let me bring it forward because I think this really illustrates the just how rock bottom the market's expectations are. Yeah. So most of the American banks have reported, they all reported double-digit declines in profit. Yeah. So Goldman, for example, Goldman Sachs, 47% fall in profit, 23% fall in revenue. Shocking. Ouch. Yeah. All of the banks missed analyst expectations. So we we talk about earnings season being an you know an expectation game. What are the analysts putting out as their estimates? Do you beat or not not hit yeah. those estimates? So they all fell below the invest the estimates being put out by investment banks. Yet the bank index had its biggest one day gain in eighteen months. That doesn't make any sense. Well, it does because it's like the market is pricing. The market expects even less than Wall Street's estimates. Jeez. So like, what is what is ex- expected from these companies is just nothing. Terrible results. Same business. And so, yeah, it's like th- these are objectively bad results. A forty-seven percent fall in profit, twenty-three percent fall in revenue for Goldman. Not even hitting the estimates that Wall Street was putting out. But the bank index had a good day. But what did Goldman's stock price do? I think they reported Monday before open, and when they they opened, I think they were up four percent. There you go. So yeah, it's like it's a bad economic story. I think the market's just confused. Honestly, I'm confused. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was I was saying to you in the office on Monday that I I feel like there's a bit of rhetoric changing now. You know, some economists and, and market analysts and strategists are starting to come out and say, oh, you know, whilst we thought we were heading into a recession, if we do, it's not going to be so bad. Some now are thinking, you know, we might even be missing a recession. So there's chit-chat everywhere. But anyway. So set, let's let's get into the numbers. Let's So 7% of the companies in the S&P 500 have reported. 60% have reported earnings per share above estimates. Yes, Sounds like a good number. And that doesn't mean they've made money. That just means, you know, like an estimate could have been you're down 50% and you're only down 49%. Yeah, yeah. yes. But if you also look at that relative to past earnings seasons, it's actually down by at this point in a, in a cycle or at this point in an earnings season, roughly 77% of companies are beating estimates. So it is weaker than the last sort of five years or so. So, Ren, there are some sectors that are absolutely pumping, though, and uh, in terms of revenue growth, no surprises that the number one sector that um, we're seeing some pretty strong growth coming from is energy. Mm. In terms of the S&P 500 uh, companies that are in there, uh, they're giving Q2 revenue growth upwards of 45%. For energy companies. For energy companies. And for context, the S&P as a whole is about 10%, 10.2%. Yeah, 
So, but like, of <laughs> no co- surprise. Of course, energy yeah. companies are, are reporting good results. The yeah. question is, how long does oil price prices stay high? Information technology below the S and P's average seven percent. Consumer staples five percent. Surprisingly, consumer discretionary. Early days, but it's held up okay. Ten yeah. percent. I'm I'm also surprised with healthcare. It's um, it's about five, just below six percent. So below the S and P five hundred. I thought, given still what's going on with COVID and those sorts of yeah. things, that they would have been benefiting from a little bit more from that. The flu that's been going but around. But I guess well, like, like summer over there. But I guess like there was a big step change. But it's not like the quarter on quarter. True. Or, or I don't know if there's a year on year, but still. Um, Q two. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, like that. That step change has already happened. Mm. Another chart we came across uh, looked at the companies in the S and P five hundred and how many of them are like estimating a higher earnings per share for the next three months. Yeah, and that really peaked in mid twenty twenty one. About seventy nine percent of S and P five hundred companies were coming out and saying, "In three months, our earnings are going to be higher than they are now." Nice. Not so anymore. No. Now, so far, 41% of companies are coming out and saying that. This data is from Fidelity, so credit where credit's due. But <laughs> <laughs> it is interesting, though. It, the chart really tracks the S&P 500. Mm. The movement in stock prices with the movement in earnings expectations. Yeah. Who would have thought? Which is not surprising. <laughs> but yeah, still 41% of companies are coming out and saying they think in three months their earnings will be higher than they are today. Yes. Yeah. That is that like that's good. Is it? 41%. <laughs> Down from 79. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, at its peak. Yeah. At its peak. I'd be interested to know which sectors those companies are involved in as well. Yeah. I'd be interested to know the 21% of companies in the height of optimism in like middle of 2021 when money was cheap and cares were free. We're not going to do it. What were the 21% of companies saying? Yeah, we're probably not. (laughs) We probably don't have this. Oh dear. Oh dear. So that's a, that's our vibe check and a bit of a high level view of what's, what's going on across the S and P, but let's, I think it's important to stress it is early days. Only yeah, 7% yeah. of companies have reported. There is a phenomenon where companies that have good results try and get to the front of the queue and report early. Companies with bad results sometimes push their, at the end. Push their timing back. Um, so early days, important to stress. Absolutely. We have seen a couple of big names come out and we're not going to dwell on them too much because they're heavily reported. And uh, if you'd like more info, you've probably already come across it. But we're going to do a bit of a speed round with some of the some of the big tech companies uh, over in the states. Netflix uh, beat estimates despite posting a loss of one million subscribers yep. off the back of two hundred thousand in in uh, Q one, but uh, the stock jumped six percent. Yeah, yeah, better than losing two million. Better than losing two million. I while we're talking streaming. Side note, I've got a gripe with Disney. It came out that Disney Plus has lost like $6 billion so far for Disney. Still, I think they had to do it. But can they sort their movies out? It is an alphabetical list. Is it? If you go to the movie category on Disney Plus, it is an alphabetical list. As like, in you're saying it should be presented in a different way, like thematics or categories. or Yeah, or yeah. like use all the data you have on me and give me some recommendations. <laughs> Do what every maybe other they, streaming service maybe does. Maybe they know that you like alphabets. 
Oh, well, <laughs> a few times me and my housemates have been on Disney Plus. We've been like, let's get a movie. And you just are like, nah, let's get out of here. They are losing valuable viewing hours to their competitors because of their terrible unstructured list. Anyway, let's move on. Johnson & Johnson. Well, Bob Ch- Is it Bob Chapek? Yeah. If you're listening. Sort it out. Johnson & Johnson beat estimates. Um, just Pharmaceutical Unit was their largest uh, contributor for their strong results. Sales were up 3%. Tesla. Tesla. Disappointed. Oh, you see, this is the thing. The headlines, <laughs> this is what gets me about this time of year. So the exact wording was like, Tesla disappoints end streak of record <laughs> profits. But what they're saying is that for the about the past year, every quarter Tesla has increased yeah. its profit quarter on quarter. Yeah. And this quarter it went backwards. Still yeah. reported a profit of $2.3 billion. Yeah. And we all know that this COVID zero policy um, and continued supply chain interruptions has made it difficult for Elon and for Tesla, especially Shanghai and Germany, which he came out and said, what, like giant money furnaces was his quote yeah. about those two factories. For a company that was not making a profit for years to consistently be turning a profit as they scale, yeah. I think is impressive. It's like kudos. Yeah, yes. I don't know. It's it's like, can we just all calm down on the rhetoric? <laughs> calm both the farm. On, on the upside and the downside. Yeah. Well, the more interesting thing about Tesla though, Ren, is what they've done with their Bitcoin position. They sold it. Yeah. For a pretty big loss. Yeah, massive loss. I think they brought in about $900 million from selling... 75% of their Bitcoin position. Yeah. But they spent a couple of bill on it? I don't know. Yeah. You're, anyway. You're the Bitcoin guy. Nah, I'm out of Bitcoin. No, you're not. <laughs> you yeah. can't say that. You I'm haven't out. sold your Bitcoin. Yeah. I've, I've sold a fair chunk of it. Have you actually? Yeah. Really? Yeah. I just think there's better opportunity in the markets at the moment. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Paper hands Bryce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I haven't sold it all and I will get back into it. But you um, probably buy the top. <laughs> no, it's, it, I'm happy with where it's at. If I get back in with at where it's at, then I'm happy with that. But uh, I just feel like that could get better opportunities in the market. And I just was like, I want the cash. Wow. So you, you may have sold at the bottom. Have you seen that it's rallied? A oh, I, haven't, bit? I didn't sell, I didn't sell like in the last two weeks I sold a, a while ago. Yeah. Oh yeah, here we go. I definitely didn't I sell. sold at the top. I definitely didn't sell at the height, and I but I didn't sell for a loss either. So yeah. Anyway, that, we're not here to talk about oh, Bitcoin. I mean, everything that I thought about you has just been shattered. <laughs> I've lost faith in it. Ran to close out the speed round. TSMC. Yeah. Taiwan Semiconductors. Um, they posted a record net profit. Uh, some analysts say that despite a slowdown in chip making more broadly. TSMC uh, continues to to grind away. Some analysts believe it's in a class of its own, quote, with a well-built moat and that, uh, yeah, it continues to grow while the industry itself is down. So one of the biggest suppliers of chips uh, or one of the most important um, suppliers for Apple. So, yeah, they've done, they've done well. All right. End of speed round. So let's turn to a couple of companies that we don't speak about as much that have also reported over in the States. We've tried to get a diverse cross-section of industries that we don't speak a lot about. Toys, oiled field services, and airlines. Yeah. So um, Hasbro. Hasbro. Toys. Yes. What, toy we, maker. what can we learn from their report? Nerf guns, Dungeons and Dragons, Monopoly, some of the biggest games in the world. Toys. Toys. <laughs> toys. Uh, what can we learn 
Well, they've increased prices and despite the inflation-driven demand slump in American for retail, uh, and apparently there's a wider slowdown in the gaming market post the pandemic when we know it went right. nuts. Yeah, when everyone was buying board when games. everyone's buying board and, games, yeah. yeah. Hasbro has defied, defied all of that and has beat expectations with a profit increase. Two reasons for that. They had huge demand for their latest game, Magic the Gathering. Ever heard of it? It's a card game. Are you sure it's not Magic? With a C? I'm pretty sure. Anyway, let's keep rolling, yeah. whatever it is. Um, yeah, it's magic. Sorry, you're right. Um, have you ever heard of it? Mm-hmm. Oh, you have? Yeah. Do you know where I've heard about it? Do you watch the OC back in the day? <laughs> no. <laughs> I actually haven't. Anyway, Seth played it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's not that new. No, not at all. Oh. Anyway, and the second reason is that they've increased their prices. Um, and so that's how they've managed to pump out a bit of a profit. Yeah, so- Toy makers, consumer discretionary as they come, you're gonna much more likely to stop buying toys than you are to stop buying food mm-hmm. or you know any of those consumer staples. But they still saw a 17 percent increase in profit. Yeah, they're pretty upbeat um, from what I read. Uh, they did mention though that the next sort of three months will be a, probably a little bit more telling. Yeah, so that's toy makers. Let's turn to oil field services, one of your favourite industries. Love it. Halliburton, one of your favourite companies. I love it. <laughs> what can we learn? New York stock ticker, HAL, H-A-L. They're responsible for most of the world's hydro- hydraulic fracturing operations. And given the price of oil over the last few months, uh, it's been an incredible tur- – well, not turnaround, but a, a cr- an incredible result for Halliburton. They've beat expectations. They also have done for the past four quarters. You'll love to see that as an investor. Always good news when that happens. Revenue up 24%, net income up 54%, and also profit margin up 6%. Higher oil prices means more people want to get into the game. Companies that are in the game spend more on their operations and this benefits Halliburton. Yeah, a lot of marginal oil fields start to become profitable, profitable. viable as the oil price goes up. Yeah. So Hasbro looking strong, Halliburton no surprises looking strong. I guess for both of them there's a little bit of uncertainty about where future demand is going to go. Hasbro because of the state of the consumer balance sheet, Halliburton because of how long these high oil, oil prices will stay. They are particularly bullish on the oil prices over the next few years. Because of chronic underinvestment for the past few years? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah, chronic underinvestment, political agendas. And interestingly, they called out the increasing the increase in global temperatures. We're seeing the UK going through a 40-degree heat wave. Yeah, and the US is – 100 million people in the US are about to get hit with record temperatures. Wow, there yeah. you go. They specifically called that out. Um, as a as a factor that's going to drive the price of oil because of the increase in fossil fuels and demand for um, cooling and yeah, everything okay. that goes into that. So, which is an um, ironic and sad perpetuating cycle of yes. making it worse. Yes. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so uh, those two companies a lot hinges on future demand. A company that we can be pretty confident is going to see recovering demand. Well, the industry is airlines. Yeah, well, if, you've, if you're travelling and you're standing in line at an airport, you'd certainly be thinking that airlines would be doing pretty well. You'd be saying, how can there be more demand than this? <laughs> yes. Shout out to uh, Flynn, uh, my housemate, who went to the airport 
five and a half hours before his international flight and needed every minute of that time. <laughs> crazy, crazy. Again, sucked in if you're travelling. Um, not kidding. Operating revenue for Delta Airlines has recovered 99% from its pre-pandemic levels. On 82% of inventory from pre-pandemic levels. Well played, Delta. So basically they've jacked their prices. Yeah. Well, uh, if you're listening overseas for, as an Australian or you're trying to fly to Australia, you would know that to get to Europe at the moment, if I was to buy a ticket tomorrow, it's about five grand. The amount that you've said would suck to be flying right now and then you know exactly <laughs> how much a ticket to Europe is. I feel That's like you're I'm trying to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Delta, they've raised prices, which we're seeing across the industry. So, Bryce, to close out reporting season so far – We were going to turn to the American banks, but I think we've already covered it. But I do just want to talk about Jamie Dimon's earnings call. Uh, The CEO of JP Morgan was called out by an analyst. Um, Should we do a bit of dramatic role playing? Do you want me to be the analyst and you be Jamie Dimon? (laughs) Sure. It shows how different the actions and I guess what we're seeing from the data today is compared to CEO's expectations about the next three Six months. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this was all summed up by an analyst that went pretty hard. So I am Called Michael Michael Mayo. Mayo. <laughs> Could you help me reconcile your words with your actions? After Investor Day, Jamie, you said a hurricane is on the horizon. But today you're holding firm with your $77 billion expense guidance for 2022. I mean, it's like you're acting like there's sunny skies ahead. You're out buying kayaks, surfboards, wave runners just before the storm. So is it tough times or not? Thank you for the question, Michael Mayo. (laughs) Now let me, we run the company. We've always run the company consistently investing, doing this stuff through storms. We don't like pull in and pull out and go up and go down and go into markets, out of markets through storms. We manage the company and you've seen us do this consistently since I've been at bank one. We invest, we grow, we expand. We manage through the storm and stuff like that. And so I mentioned to all of you on the media call, but there are very good current numbers taking place. Consumers are in good shape. They're spending money. They have more income. Jobs are plentiful. They're spending 10% more than last year, almost 30% plus more than pre-COVID. Businesses, when you talk to them, they're in good shape. They're doing fine. We've never seen business credit be better ever like in our lifetimes, and that's the current environment. The future environment, which is not that far off, involves rates going up maybe more than people think because of inflation maybe deflation. There might be a soft landing. I'm simply saying there's a range of potential outcomes from a soft landing to a hard landing, driven by how much rates go up, the effect of quantitative tightening, the effect of volatile markets, and obviously this terrible humanitarian crisis in Ukraine and the war, and then the effect of that on food and oil and gas. And we're simply pointing out those things make the probabilities and possibilities of these events different. It's not going to change how we run the company. The economy will be bigger in 10 years. Nice. Well done. (laughs) Thank you. That's only one take as well. (laughs) So my three takeaways from that, first of all, he speaks about how good businesses and consumers are today. Mm. Secondly, he's basically like, I have no idea what's coming in the future. And then thirdly, he ends with the economy is going to be bigger in 10 years than it is today. So he was just after some headlines. If he's going to out there talking about storms and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> maybe it just, it's like, it's like right now numbers are good. We yep. have no idea what's coming next. Yeah. And that just feels like. But the, our time horizon is 10. Yeah. But yeah. that, that, that whole like, oh, things are actually okay right now. 
but dark clouds are potentially approaching, but we don't really know, feels like the theme of reporting season. Yeah, that's true. Like the step into the unknown or yeah, something like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, Now, uh, we should point out as well, we're hit making markets accessible. Not sponsored, but uh, we did grab that transcript from the Quarter app. Fantastic app if you want access to global companies during reporting season. Transcripts, earnings calls, you name it. Yeah, all um, very searchable now. Again, non-sponsored. We have worked with them previously. Mm. Hopefully they hear this and we work with them again. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, good app, free app. Love that. Yes. Let's take a break and then let's talk about some other things. Um, Nancy Pelosi, TikTok taking it to Google and Apple's latest software platform. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Ren. Well, let's uh, close out the episode. Three things to touch on. The first, let's do it. Nancy Pelosi and NVIDIA. So I was surprised by this. Have have you, you haven't come across this Nancy Pelosi, mate? No. So I'd heard about this story. Uh, so I'll just touch on that quickly. Sure. And then, you, yeah. So Nancy Pelosi's husband has- oh, Hold on. Who's Nancy Pelosi? Speaker of the House. Yeah, great. In the US. In the US, yeah. yeah. She has bought about five, sorry, her husband has bought about $5 million in NVIDIA. The chip maker. The chip maker. Well, the chip designer. On the surface, great. Then you go the next level down. The Senate in the US is expected to meet to discuss a bipartisan bill to boost semiconductor manufacturing in the country. Yeah, and pump, what, tens of millions or something and, into these companies. Yeah, and pump millions. Now- some articles suggest that NVIDIA aren't going to be the beneficiary of this bill. Others could argue that being in the industry. Being one of the biggest <laughs> American chip companies. Yeah, you couldn't see that they will benefit from this. Now, we're not here to decide whether or not they will, but it's just an interesting development. However, Ren, you said that this isn't new. Yeah, because when I put this in the doc, you didn't think there was a lot to this story. Yeah. And it's time I introduce you to one of... Finn twits or Finn memes or Reddit's uh, biggest memes, which is Nancy Pelosi is the genius stock picker of our age. Okay. And over the last few years, it's come out that Pelosi seems to be uh, on the right side of a lot of big trades. And it, it got really big in 2020 or 2021 when her husband bought a heap of Alphabet stock at the same time that Congress were considering antitrust regulation against Alphabet antitrust regulation that didn't happen. Yeah, right. And so people were like, oh, Nancy Pelosi, stock picker, blah, blah, blah. And there have been a number of examples after that. And every time, I think it's like quarterly they have to disclose, or it's like 45 days after they make a trade, they have to disclose it. And so it makes headlines all the time now on like Wall Street bets and stuff. It's like, 
what's Nancy Pelosi buying, what's she selling. Just um, ridiculous. Massive on TikTok as well. To be fair to the Pelosi's, basically what they buy is large cap American tech. It's like Alphabet, Microsoft, Apple. They recently got into like Roblox and a couple of other things. But yeah, Pelosi, best. If Jim Crane is the worst, Pelosi's the best. I'm going to track her closely. Yeah. <laughs> closely, Pelosi. There's nothing you can do about it. Like it's well, all above board, no, I guess. There or is like- something you can do about it. Um, because of how big this meme became, uh, a number of Congress people proposed a law to stop Congress people trading. Wow. And similar to like, you know, what happens in Australia is our leaders, or at least our prime minister, puts their assets in a blind trust. Yeah. So they don't see how it's invested. They, you know, they have professionals managing their money so they don't miss out on returns, but it's not like they can use the information they have in their job as leader to make money. Yeah. There was a proposal for something similar in the US. It didn't get up. Have a guess how Pelosi voted on it. On the negative? <laughs> she did vote on the negative. There's probably more to play out in, in this story. It, it it feels pretty obvious that there should be some rules around trading. Yeah, yeah, you would think so. Yeah. Until there isn't, uh, it feels like something she's going to continue to well, do. So. as finance content creators who are trying to make memes on Instagram, it's great for us. Yeah, true. All right, Rand, another headline, Google search risk. So this isn't so much a headline. This is a red flag that I've started hearing about. And I don't think it's really made its way into financial analysis, but I want to put it on the table because we're all Google shareholders in one one way, shape or form, but from our super or retirement accounts to our ETFs to individual shares. I want to know if you've been hearing this as well. TikTok search being better than Google search. Haven't heard that. I just don't engage with TikTok that much. It's not on TikTok that okay. I'm hearing it though. But no. it's something that I've heard a few times. I reckon now that I've called it out, people listening and you are going to start noticing it okay. more. There's heaps of noise about when you're searching for locations. So restaurants near me or hotels in on Bali. TikTok. Uh, well, on either. Yeah. That The Google search results are just filled with ads and dodgy reviews and, and not that helpful and it's all text-based, whereas um, the searching on TikTok is you get like visuals and um, it's a lot more – it's a lot better. You might get someone doing a TikTok review on the restaurant you're searching. Yeah, or, or you might like get like footage of the restaurant yeah. or the hotel. You know, like you search hotels in Bali and you actually see the hotels. Wow. And it's like this this whole oh. idea of like visual search, like you don't need text-based answers anymore if you really want to see what an experience will be like or what a restaurant is like, it's more effective to search it on TikTok or Instagram than Google. Wow. So I wanted to put that on the table because I'm interested to get your thoughts on it. I can honestly say I've never done it on Instagram or TikTok. I I haven't even considered searching for something on TikTok. So I've, I've, but now that you've said it, I'm super intrigued to give it a crack. Should we do a live? But I can see, no, because we're going to really push the time. But I think that um, I can definitely see the benefits of this for things like hotels, experiences, restaurants. Uh, you want a visual, you want to get an understanding of, of uh, what you're getting yourself into during your search process, I guess. So, well, I'm going to say straight away TikTok can't beat Google because it's not geolocated. I searched restaurants near me and then it said did you mean food near my location and i've got a place in brooklyn and colorado well you have been complaining about (laughs) google's geolocation 
Have so I? yeah, you don't the, the search functionality. It's too geolocated. Oh, true. This is the exact opposite. <laughs> yeah. We're trying to run a global uh, business news podcast with the dive and Google only gives me Australian results. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but look, I think it's interesting to just keep an eye on it because obviously the whole Google thesis starts with they have a search business with 98% market share that generates heaps of cash that then can fund everything else they're trying to do. It feels like maybe there's a different way to search that is just bubbling up as internet speeds get faster and it's it's easier to search visually, you know, when five years ago you would blow your, your 4G data allowance yeah. if you were yeah. trying to do every Google search with, with video. Yeah. But, yeah, it's an interesting one. Like I, I don't think TikTok have nailed it, but I think if anyone was in pole position to nail it, it probably wouldn't be Google. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I'm going to jump on and actually test this out because I don't spend a lot of time on TikTok, let alone searching for things outside well, of Google. Given you've spoken so much about going on your European holiday and you <laughs> are getting married later this year and yes. probably thinking about a 2023 honeymoon, Yes. see if you can plan it just on TikTok. That's not bad. Like hotels in – I assume you're going to Italy. So like hotels in <laughs> Rome. That's you know. pretty good. Are you going to Italy? Yeah, there will be an Italy. Of course. (laughs) Who doesn't want to go to Italy? Anyway, let's just close this up. If there's one thing you need to know about Bryce Lesky, it's that um, he's he's only known at Italian restaurants in Sydney. He wouldn't go anywhere else. That's not true. That is not true. I love other restaurants. Anyway, Ren, we'll close out with an article that was featured in our Thought Starters email that goes out once a week where we feature – uh, five interesting news articles or not necessarily just news, but five interesting articles that have um, been thought provoking from around the world of business and markets. Um, so make sure you sign up to that. If you haven't, you can head to our website where there's a simple way to, to um, sign up. comes out every Monday. But uh, one this week, Ren, was on Apple CarPlay. Yeah. Well, have you seen all these articles about Apple's going to get into the electric vehicle game? Yeah. Yeah. Like Apple's going to build a car, Classic. Apple car, Apple car. Yeah. Right under our nose, Apple have been putting their plans in place to create the Apple car. And no, it doesn't include them buying Tesla or building a factory of their own. Apple CarPlay, the pretty innocuous piece of software, is something that we should keep an eye on as consumers and investors. Have you you've used that? As as far as I'm aware, CarPlay is just the simple integration of your Apple phone onto the like head unit of the car. Well, it's a and soft. And then you can like just yeah 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 use your phone, yeah. not hands free, but like yeah yeah. It's a software platform that allows you to like yeah. So what's the link car. between that and? Yeah, this is why it's exciting. <laughs> so, Apple are the best. If you get if I was going to sum up what Apple is best in class at. It's building beautiful platforms, software or hardware, and then allowing other developers, aggregating millions of users on that platform and then allowing other developers to build products and sell to their users and they take a clip of the transaction. Pretty simple business model. That's their business model, like App Store. One of, yeah. Yeah. Well, they also sell the hardware, (laughs) but you know what I mean? Like that's that's the beauty of like the iOS ecosystem and in all of its iterations that's what they're going to do with their augmented reality glasses that's what they're doing with carplay as well but we're just not really paying attention so they're now building all these features for carplay there's like an app store that you can download a bunch of stuff they allow you to pay for parking they allow you to pay for electric vehicle charging you can order food from third-party delivery platforms through carplay but the really interesting thing that opens up a huge market for them 
is they've an- quietly announced – you can't quietly announce something. They've quietly <laughs> unveiled a feature that will allow you to pay for petrol, pay for fuel okay. through CarPlay. Okay. Like but- pr- like. In what sense? Just like prepay at a station or? Well, yeah, you like the the station has like an app that you get through your CarPlay and you pay for your fuel through that. But is that like, is that revolutionary? But I'm just thinking like imagine if Apple click, clipped the ticket on however many billions of dollars is spent on fuel every So you're year. saying from a business model for them, that's great. But I think from like a, like from a, advancing car technology and stuff that's I, I mean is that well no it's not that it's like yeah it's paying for fuel like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, it's barely friction there's barely friction in that yeah, transaction at the saying. moment yeah but for me it's just like well what does the future of a software enabled car look like and there are worlds like in, in some ways like tesla is leading the way for building their own software and like a lot of the big car makers are trying to do that themselves but on the other hand apple are building their own platform that they want to integrate with car manufacturers. And, you know, if Apple can have hundreds of millions of cars integrated with their software, then that's a platform yeah, all yeah, of a sudden yeah. where they can again offer a yeah. Apple CarPlay app store yeah, and yeah. third-party developers can build things for their software platform there and mm. all of a sudden it's like, oh, they've done it they've again. They've done it again. Yeah. Love Apple. And so uh, it's early days because I don't think any petrol stations are using this at the moment and they're not clipping the ticket at the moment. All right. But they will. They will They will at some point. They will. Um, but a one of the big service station operators over in the US, I think they have like 1,600 service stations, have announced that they're going to start using it in like the coming months. Wow. Just an interesting one to keep an eye on. Uh, if you want to read that full article, you can head to our website and you can also sign up to the email. The Apple car, the idea that Apple gets a factory and builds a car might be a sideshow for the Apple car play. Well, this is a sideshow <laughs> when they do go, hey, we've just bought Tesla. Anyway, nah, won't happen, won't happen. But that does bring us to the end of today's episode. Uh, if you've enjoyed listening or have taken some value or think that some of your friends would uh, benefit from joining the Equity Mates community, please let them know about the shows. We've got plenty in the network. Rate and review on your iTunes app. It's always a help to get us in front of new audiences as well. So uh, we always appreciate your support. And uh, Ren, it's been an absolute pleasure. We will be picking it up next week. Unless you've ducked off to Europe. Unless I've ducked off to Europe, <laughs> which I definitely won't have. But uh, we'll pick it up then. Sounds good. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode of Equity Mates. We love hearing from you. So drop us a line at contact at equitymates.com or even better, go to your podcast player and leave a five-star review. Also, a reminder that the Equity Mates content train doesn't stop when you've run out of episodes to binge. We've got a brand new website, a Facebook discussion group. We're on Instagram, YouTube, and slowly making our way as an influencer on TikTok. Well, that's Ren. So uh, come and say hello and join the community. We'd love to welcome you. Until next time. Equity Mates Investing Podcast is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for education and entertainment purposes only. Equitymates gives listeners access to information and educational content provided by a range of financial service professionals. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. 
Equity Meets Media does not operate under an Australian financial services licence and relies on the exemption available under the Corporations Act 2001 in respect of any information or advice given. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast or video. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website, where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Equitymates Investing Podcast acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people today. The late bloomers tend to have more curiosity. They tend to have more resilience. There are stories and mythology that this country has woven around black men. What if everything we've been taught is just all wrong? What's worth more than this fear right now? And that rising after failure is part of the glory of being a human being. Listen to deeply personal, insightful, and thought-provoking stories from the world's leading thinkers and doers. Listen and subscribe to The Unmistakable Creative wherever you get your podcasts.